Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What up, everybody? You are listening to another episode of Life in English. I am your host, Tony Kaizen. I'm coming to you on a somewhat cloudy, kind of rainy day here in McDonough, Georgia, about 30 minutes outside of Atlanta, the capital of the state of Georgia. You didn't ask me all that, but I thought you should know. Um, a nice day, you know what I'm saying? Just a few classes this afternoon, uh, making sure all the plans for my trip are finalized. And speaking of trip plans, that's exactly what we're talking about today, is how to plan a trip abroad. And the purpose of this podcast really, man, it, well, there's two purposes. The first one is just so you can hear somebody, a native speaker, using vocabulary related to traveling. And also, maybe you've never taken a trip abroad before and you want to know, where do I start? What do I need to know? What do I need to do? What should I be considering? You know, so um, I'm going to talk about all that in this podcast. So hopefully you enjoy. All right. So... Let's get started. Now, I think um, the way this is going to work is I'm going to start by talking about, like, ideas for your trip. Okay, the more general, maybe philosophical ideas. And then after that, we'll get into more details like um, plane tickets and hotels and things like that. But first, I want to talk about the ideas for your trip. I actually think it's more important. And these questions and these these, uh, these things are maybe even more difficult to consider, but you need to get these things right if you want to have a good trip. You know what I'm saying? So the first thing I think anyone should ask themselves is where do you want to go? Obviously. And then why? Why you want to go to this place? Like, for example, uh, two weeks from today, man, two weeks from today, I'll be getting on a plane to go to Sao Paulo, Brazil. <laughs> I'm a little excited. But yeah, and it, so if you ask me, why do you want to go to Brazil? I'd say, shit. I mean, I've been, I got interested in Brazil back in like 2015, so almost four years ago. And to me, it, it just seems like one of the most unique places on the planet because of its history, the mixture of ethnic history, the mixture of cultures, the mixture of people of different shapes and sizes and colors and origins and things like that all the different varieties of food and music and ah just i don't know and brazilian people man you know my experience with brazilian people online anyway has been uh for the most part pretty good you know so it just it's a country that really interests me and i would love to be able to spend 
some time there, like physically in the country, living my life the way Brazilian people live their lives, you know, really get immersed in the culture. So that's really, I mean, basically that's why I want to visit Brazil. And that's exactly what I'm going to do when I get there, you know. But once you figure out where you want to go, whether it's, you know, uh, Warsaw, Poland, Tokyo, Japan, uh, Los Angeles, California, you know, Guanajuato, Mexico, I mean, it doesn't matter. Once you decide where you want to go and why you want to go, then you can move on to the next step. And just one more detail, I think understanding the importance of knowing why you want to go to a place uh, is absolutely vital. It's, it's important because if you don't know why you're going to a place, then it's going to be hard to have a good I shouldn't say it that way. It's not going to be hard to have a good trip because, I mean, you can go with no expectations, with no information, and still have a good time. But if you don't have an objective, then you obviously can't achieve your objective. You feel me? So it's important to know why you're doing something. But after you figure that out, then you can move on to what kind of traveler are you? And what I mean by that is... Are you the kind of person that prefers to go, you know, sightseeing? You want to go to Paris just to see the Eiffel Tower and put the little lock on that fence or whatever, whatever they do out there. Um, Or, you know, you get the point. If you want to go do like touristy stuff, visit the most popular attractions like go to Rio de Janeiro and visit Christ the Redeemer or, you know, you... I don't fucking know. You want to go to China just to see the Great Wall of China or something like that. That's what I consider touristy stuff. Stuff that a tourist would typically do. If you're that kind of traveler, then you know or you'll have a better idea of how to plan your trip so you can do those things. You know, are you the kind of traveler that wants to do touristy things and also doesn't want to or maybe can't afford to spend a long time in these places? You know, maybe... You only want to go for a couple of days or maybe you want to go for a couple of weeks, but maybe a month or two months is just too much time for you. You know, you couldn't be that far away from home for that long or you don't have enough money or you have to work. Whatever the reason, you need to you need to have an idea of what kind of traveler you are and what kind of trip you're looking for, because there's also people like myself who prefer to travel much more slowly, you know. I don't want to go halfway around the world for a week if I have the opportunity to stay there for a month. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just think traveling slower is better because you get, obviously, more time to immerse yourself in the culture, to meet people, to, to like, forge relationships and things like that, to find the places that are off the beaten path, as we say in English, which means find the places that most people don't go or most people don't know about. I want to go to the places where the locals go, you know, that you won't find on the travel websites or the blogs or the YouTube channels. I want to go to places like you have to be from here to know this place exists. That's what I like, you know. And I think if you give yourself a month, two months, you obviously have a much better chance of finding places like that or meeting people that don't have social media accounts, meeting people that are for lack of a better term, real people. You know what I'm saying? And this is this has nothing to do with traveling, but just a a quick thought is like most people that I meet, the coolest people I've ever met don't have like social media accounts. They're not connected all the time on the internet. They're more like you have to meet them in real life to uh connect with them and I don't know, it's just it's always so much better. You know, and that's another reason like going back to the the subject at hand it's another reason to travel slowly you know because you can you can get out and go to different places you can forge friendships and spend more time connecting with these people learning about these people and they can show you more of their home you know it's not their physical house but their city you know when you're just a tourist visiting for a few days or a few weeks it's like eh, you you try to make the most of every single minute i'm gonna go here i'm gonna go here i'm gonna go here like the 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 necessity for planning becomes much greater when you have a short amount of time you know because if you spend hundreds of dollars on a plane ticket hundreds of dollars on a hotel 
and then you fly halfway around the world on a 10-hour flight and you don't have any plans, some people might not be okay with that. They want to make the most of their money, their time, and their experience. But when you got three months, you know, it's not that you don't want to make the most of your time, but you just, you got more time. So you can, you can take your time, you know? So I think it's important to identify that. Do you want to live like a tourist in this foreign place? Or do you want to live like a local in this foreign place? Because depending on which one you prefer, that totally influences the rest of your trip. You know what I'm saying? You got to identify your priorities from the very beginning, you know. Like I said, me personally, I prefer to travel slow, which is why I'll be in Brazil for three months, not three weeks, you know. Uh, I just prefer it that way. But everybody's different, you know what I'm saying? If you prefer the touristy stuff and you prefer short trips, or like I said, you can't afford, or in other words, you can't can't pay for a trip that's going to last three months, or you can't be away from work for that long, or whatever, then obviously your options are more limited. Now that I work online, I can go to Brazil and continue to to do what I do. So it's it's different for everybody. But that's something you need to consider, right? Yeah. So after you figure out, you know, where you want to go, why, what kind of traveler are you, uh, what kind of trip you expect to have, then you can, I guess an extension of that last question is, what do you expect to get out of this trip? You know? Like visualize in your head at the end of this trip, I want to have made friends or seen new places or um, tried the, you know, the famous local foods and drinks. Or I want to have escaped from this problem or these people or this job or whatever, you know, or I want to have found something. You know what I'm saying? It's important to know what you're looking for. You know, you, you need to, uh, like, it's, it's kind of contradictory, right? Because I would say you shouldn't go to a foreign place like with a bunch of crazy expectations because you're likely to be disappointed. But you also, I don't know, you need to have an idea of what you want out of the trip. And even if, like for me, I'll speak for myself, when I go to a, a foreign place like I'm going to Brazil, I don't really expect to get anything out of the trip except whatever the trip has to offer you know i prefer not to make plans prefer to just sort of go with the flow i mean i want to make the most of my time visit different places meet lots of people but i don't really have any expectations of visiting this place or that place or meeting this person or that person it's just an adventure you know so whatever happens happens and that's my expectation you see what i'm saying so it's i think it's important to consider that too Another thing you need to consider is the local language, man. The local language. You know, um, if you're going to a foreign country, it's more than likely the people in this country speak a different language than you do, right? More than likely, you know. And um, I think it's needless to say, like, speaking the local language of the people has an immense, I mean, a colossal, huge, humongous impact on uh, your trip, your experience in this foreign country, you know. Uh, This is episode number 18 of the Life in English podcast, and um, I was thinking about that before I hit record uh, a few minutes ago, and I was saying, it's episode 18, I remember the first time I left the country. The first time I left the United States, I was 18 years old, and I went to uh, Mexico, of all places. It was like Cancun, Mexico, or a city really close to to Cancun, like Playa del Carmen or, or something like that. And if you ask me, man, it's not really, you know, it's not Mexico. It's it's, it's tourist town. But anyway, I went to um, my cousin's wedding. You know, she wanted to have like a destination wedding, be all fancy right so she figured oh let's go to a resort you know let's do it big have a nice beautiful wedding and i also think she kind of knew like if i have this wedding at a resort in a foreign country most of my family won't come 
right? So I don't. <laughs> I think she was kind of trying to keep certain people away from the wedding, so she kind of just moved it to another country. It's a good solution. If you don't want people to come to your wedding, just get married in another country. That's the solution. But anyway, that was my first experience outside of the country, and it was kind of, it wasn't really like a foreign country experience because everyone at the resort was a foreigner. Everyone at the resort spoke English. We didn't leave the resort. You know what I'm saying? So it was just like this luxury hotel. Um, and we didn't speak a word of Spanish the entire time. You know what I'm saying? So that really wasn't like my first true experience outside the country. But I did leave the country, you know. And um, it was only two two years after that, I think, that I went to Mexico again by myself uh, to like central Mexico. I think podcast episode number four is about that trip, Mexico 2015. And that time I actually prepared much better than than the first trip because I learned the language or at least I learned enough to survive and have conversations with people. And I just realized that's the only way, man. Like, I don't think if you want to visit a bunch of different countries around the world, obviously you're not going to learn Japanese, Chinese, French, Spanish, Portuguese, Arabic and all these different languages just to visit the country but if you have the opportunity if you have the time and the interest you know to learn and you really 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 want to learn more about the culture and the way these people think the way they live their history you need to learn their language man you know like if you speak English you can pretty much go to any I don't know about any but you can go to most countries and find somebody that speaks English, <clears throat> somebody that speaks English. But if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably learning English, you know, and I'm sure you have a decent uh, English level if you if you're listening to this podcast so you can understand me. But my point is, let's say, you know, you don't find anybody that speaks English in a foreign country. They only speak the local language. Then what you going to do? Then what? You know, I mean, you might be able to survive with the most basic like phrases and words. But if you really want to connect with the people, you got to speak their language, man. And that's that's what I travel for, to connect with people, man, from other places, different walks of life, different lifestyles. That's what traveling is for. You know, I think when you go from country to country, the landscape changes, the architecture changes, the infrastructure changes, you know, the language changes. And language is a big part of who you are when you stop and think about it because it's how you see the world, how you articulate the way you see the world and things like that. But at the end of the day, it's the people that make the place what it actually is. It's the people that give a place its identity. If you ask me, that's just my opinion, you know. So when I'm going to these foreign places, that's my objective is to meet the people. And if you can't speak their language, man. Now, I mean, some people, you know, It's difficult to learn a language, so I'm not saying you should wait until you're fluent to go visit a foreign country, but I'm saying, like, learn learn something, man. Like, you know, please, thank you. Where is this? Where is that? Could you tell me this? You know, how are you doing? What's your name? Something, man, just to show, like, a little bit of interest in the culture or the the people that, you know, that are from this place you're going to visit, you know? A lot of people in the United States kind of, have this preconception about foreigners and a lot of foreigners are a little worried about coming to the United States because they think oh I gotta speak perfect English before I come you know if not the Americans are gonna hate me they hate foreigners but that's not in my opinion that's not really what it is man it's just that we we receive so many foreigners here and that's not the problem right that's not the problem I think that's actually what makes this country one of the things that makes this country great is that we do have people from all over the world the problem occurs when certain people from all over the world come here and expect us to speak their language you know so many times people will come here in my personal experience and also the experience of other people i know like a foreigner will come here and get mad at us because we don't understand their native language what kind of shit is that, man? <laughs> it makes no sense. So that's a problem. 
that's the problem. Don't go somewhere else expecting people to, you know, understand your language or your way of life. Like you're in their home. You see what I'm saying? So it's a it's a giant factor. That's why I'm spending so much time talking about it right now. Do you know the foreign language? Can you communicate with the people? It makes a total difference. Like when I went to Mexico, the fact that I could speak the language allowed me to make friends, volunteer at a daycare for a month. You know, my friend uh, that I was staying with, we could like forge a relationship that was much deeper than just small talk and the basic things. She took me to parties and took me to clubs and took me to other cities in the area. You know what I'm saying? And none of that would have been really possible if I hadn't learned the language or at least started to learn the language before I visited the country. You know, it's possible to make friends and have a good time without the language. But man, it makes all the difference is what I'm trying to say. You know, what do you know about the culture is another question you need to ask yourself. You know, kind of continuing with the same line of thought. I think there are pros and cons to knowing everything and knowing nothing about a particular place you want to go. Because when you don't know anything about a place that you want to visit, it can be good because then it's kind of like you get there and it's a real adventure. I mean, you just, you arrive in this place and it's time to explore. Any and everything is new and interesting and fascinating. You know what I'm saying? And that can be great. It really can be because it kind of forces you to be 100% present in the moment, in the experience. You know, it becomes much more memorable that way, I think. But if you don't know anything about the place, I also think that, you know, you might make an ass out of yourself a few times here and there. You know, if you don't know that, you know, uh, the the people from this country greet each other a particular way or they don't say certain things or they don't wear certain things or they don't eat certain things or they don't have certain things that you were expecting you know or if their values are different or whatever if you don't know about any of that you might make an idiot or an ass out of yourself real quick you know so I think you know you don't have to be an expert but I think it is worth it to learn a few things you know a few things like, it, like, for example, just a very simple example. In Brazil, it's common when you meet somebody for the first time, you give them a hug and a kiss on the cheek or something like that. I don't know if it's common in the entire country, but that's what I've been told by Brazilians, and that's what I've read on blogs and in articles and stuff like that. In America, the United States of America, we don't do that. <laughs> like, if, if you're meeting a good friend of your good friend, maybe you give them a hug the first time you meet them. Some people are just what we call huggers. They prefer to hug instead of shake hands. That's cool. No problem. You know, if the if the feeling is right and, you know, you feel comfortable and, you know, we can hug. No problem. But just everybody, any random stranger or you meet somebody at a party, like to hug them and then kiss them on the cheek. It's like, nah, man, nah, you don't don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Just to be safe, like some people maybe won't even have a problem with it. Maybe people that come from a Latin background or, you know, something like that. Maybe they're more used to it. But just I would recommend in general, don't go around kissing strangers on the cheek, bro. Don't go around expecting every stranger to hug you when you meet them. Just extend your hand, shake the hand and put it back by your side. You know what I'm saying? It's the safe route. Then, you know, once you spend some time here talking to people, you can ask other Americans about their opinions and, you know, you'll get an idea. But that's just one one small example of a difference in culture. And I think it can be beneficial to know stuff like that, you know. So going now to the cons of knowing everything, you know, quote unquote everything about this place you want to go to. The good thing is you feel prepared. You know, preparation kind of gives you a feeling of security you know what i'm saying like you go to this place and you're like yeah i've spent the last year learning about this place i know how to introduce myself i know how to greet people i know the foods that they like to eat i know what to expect so i don't feel as nervous i don't feel as nervous going to this foreign place especially by yourself you know and that's another thing i forgot to mention is are you traveling by yourself or are you traveling with friends or family or your girlfriend your boyfriend whatever because that also makes a huge difference on your experience you know but i'll talk about that in a minute 
So going back to the pros and cons of knowing a lot about the place you want to visit, I would say, like I said, it gives you security. And I think it also helps you connect with people faster, you know, because when you go to a foreign place or even just a new city or a new state or something like that, a lot of times you spend a lot of time kind of doing the basic, hey, how you doing? Where are you from? Oh, tell me about your country. Tell me about yours. Oh, tell me about the differences in culture. And that's great, man. I mean, I think it's good to share information and, and knowledge and experiences with, with people. But I think if you can get past the basic kind of obvious stuff and go directly into something much deeper, it makes for a much richer experience. You know what I'm saying? That's what I think. I mean... Maybe I'm not articulating my idea the way I want to, but what I'm saying is I just don't, I'm not a fan of like uh, shallow interaction or conversation. So if we can just skip that altogether, because I already know the basics, because I studied ahead of time, that's better for me, you know? Because like I said, it doesn't matter if you have three days or three months, it's still a limited, a finite amount of time. So I don't see any reason to waste it. So if you can prepare yourself better beforehand, why not? Right? And now I'm sitting here trying to think of the cons of learning as much as you can before you go. I think maybe one objection I can think of is like maybe there won't be any surprises or there won't be any feeling of adventure or novelty when you arrive in whatever place you're trying to go to, you know? I'm sure some people kind of like they kind of like that feeling of everything is new and not having experienced any of it, not knowing about any of it, because it just makes everything that much more interesting, you know, or, or novel. You know what I'm saying? But I prefer to study, to learn as much as I can before I go. Not everything. And it's actually impossible to learn everything because until you go there and experience it, you don't really know. You just have an idea. Right. So I think it's good to get a a good idea of things before you go, just because it helps you in so many areas, making friends, you know, finding the places that you actually want to visit, doing the things that you actually want to do, how to do those things. You know, Uh, it's important. So I would recommend just me personally, I would recommend read everything, listen to everything and talk to everyone you can about the places that you want to go. Because surprises are great, unless they're bad surprises, you know? Like, yeah, I mean, you just got to think, especially traveling by yourself, you you go halfway around the world and you don't know that everything is twice the price that you imagine. That's That's not a positive or pleasant surprise, you know? So, I mean, that's just one example. Maybe it's a little exaggerated because you can do a simple Google search and find out the average price of products online. But it's just an example, you know. So, I don't think it's ever a bad thing to be prepared for something, you know. Anyway, continuing with that same line of thought, do you know anyone in the country? Do you know anybody? Like, do you know any of the locals Can you make connections online with people from this country, you know, whether it be on italki or HelloTalk or YouTube or Instagram or Facebook, whatever, whatever media outlet you choose. Can you meet people from this country, forge a relationship and not use them, but appreciate them as like your local tour guide? You know what I'm saying? That's something else that makes a huge difference. Like when I went to Mexico, um... Like I said, the girl that I was staying with was from that part of Mexico. So, And she had been living in that city for years. So she took me to all the local bars and clubs and, you know, told me which places not to go, which things not to do. She told me the average price of a taxi so I know if somebody's trying to fuck me over. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. It's, it's, it's really, it, that kind of thing doesn't have a price. You know, some people will charge you a price for that information and to those people you say fuck off but that kind of thing to have as a friend is priceless you know so i'm not saying go make friends with the intention of just you know uh what's the word i'm looking for like sucking information out of them 
you know i mean if you're gonna make friends make friends but once you do have friends shit take it take advantage doesn't really sound great but yeah take advantage of that like i mean if you have a friend that can help you have a better trip then how can that be bad is what i'm trying to say so having a local tour guide that can tell you where to go where not to go what to do what not to do is extremely valuable and luckily over the past almost four years that i've been learning portuguese man i've made um some good friends not a lot because it's extremely difficult to make friends in real life i mean in your own city but definitely online as well but luckily i've made some good friends in the place uh the places that i'm gonna visit and they off they've also helped me plan my trip they've also helped me look at you know the places i'm gonna stay to see if it's a good place if it's a bad place if it's a good neighborhood a bad neighborhood if it's a good price you know what i'm saying if you know stuff like that stuff like that because you don't know if you've never been to the country you don't know what the standard is you know you don't know if this person's trying to fuck you over or or rip you off you know what i'm saying you don't know if the street you're staying on is a bad street or a good street that kind of thing is important to know you know what i'm saying especially if you're going to travel long term if you're going to travel by yourself you don't want to book an apartment with a great price or reserve an apartment with a great price in a fucking war zone right you know unless i mean unless you're looking for that but you don't want to do that unknowingly like on accident you know what i'm saying that would that would not be good right so a local a tour guide um is a great reason or a great resource to have when traveling abroad you know and you know going one step further what are you gonna do if you need help let's say you don't know anybody let's say you can't make friends or you've had a, a really hard time making friends or you didn't have enough time to make friends whatever the excuse is whatever the reason what are you gonna do if you need help you break your leg or you catch a disease or you get sick or you run out of money or uh, you lose your cell phone or whatever obviously i don't think it's good to focus on the negative but it's good to to acknowledge the fact that negative shit happens sometimes shit happens you know accidents happen problems occur all that kind of stuff and it's easy to think okay i know how to solve those problems but in a foreign country the simplest thing you know getting water to your house can be like completely different in your country than it is in a foreign country you know so it's something to consider what are you going to do and just i mean you can research this kind of stuff common problems that happen in this country read blogs if they exist read blogs about you know other people's experiences in this country watch youtube videos i mean with the internet today man there's so much information out there you just have to know how to look for it you know and if it doesn't exist i mean obviously there are going to be times when you just can't find the answer to your question but then you can find the local so get better at making friends regardless of regardless of the language that you speak i think knowing how to communicate is much more important so if if you can communicate you can make friends and get answers to the questions that you know that you need extremely important you know hmm. that was a whole lot of words man i feel like i how long is how long we've been going 32 minutes man like if you're a regular listener of this podcast, I don't know how many of you there are. I appreciate you, man, listening to these podcasts. Cause really, I'm still in the 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 uh, research and development phase. I'm just kind of doing this, not really knowing what I'm doing, trying to produce some interesting material for you, you know. And uh, I hope you enjoy it. You know, I appreciate you listening. If you listen until the, if you are one of those people that listens until the very end of the podcast, I fuck with you, man. And when I say I fuck with you, that's slang for, like, I like you. I appreciate you. I think you're cool, you know. I fuck with you, man. Don't say that to, like, your grandma or your boss or something like that because, you know, 
just don't. But with your friends, it's like, yeah, I fuck with you, dog. You know what I'm saying? You, you're a cool person. You, you're cool. I like you. So anyway, that's really, those are the main ideas I would say you should consider when you're uh, planning a trip abroad. Ah, one more thing. One more thing I forgot to mention or I forgot to go back to was, are you traveling alone? Or are you traveling with friends or family or your spouse, your girlfriend, your boyfriend? makes a huge difference, man. A huge difference. And honestly, man, I think traveling with other people can be great because it's like you get to have this this completely new and foreign experience with other people. You get to divide or you get to share this experience with another person and create memories with another person, you know? And that's that I mean that's really rich. It makes the experience really rich, man, when you can when you can share experiences, man. I mean, that's just life in general. You know, when when you have someone to share your life with, a good friend or a girlfriend or even your mom and dad or your brother and sister or whatever, just somebody that you can share your life experience with, man, it just makes it richer, so much richer. So traveling with other people can be great because you share the experience and also this person or these people that you're traveling with probably think differently than you do. They probably have different interests than you do. So maybe they have better ideas than you do or just a different perspective on how to solve a problem. Or, you know, maybe they can, apart from problem solving, just somebody to keep you company in a foreign country. Something familiar in a totally unfamiliar place can be very comforting, you know. It really can. And it's like you 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 automatically have a friend when you arrive. You don't have to really worry about making friends if you're not comfortable doing that, you know? Um, going back to what kind of traveler are you, I think it's also important to know if you're like an introverted person or an extroverted person. Do you make friends easily? You know, are you afraid of approaching people? Are you good at expressing yourself? Are you good at communicating? Do you prefer... You know, to go to cafes, more quiet, calm settings. Do you prefer the clubs and the parties and the blah, 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 that kind of stuff? It's, it's important to know. It's important to know because, like I said, all of that influences your plans and then your eventual experience that you're going to have on this trip, right? So if you're really one of those people that has a more difficult time making friends or putting yourself out there, stepping outside of your comfort zone, it can be great to travel with somebody you already know somebody you're already familiar with, right? The problem is it kind of limits you in a way because when you're traveling with somebody else, that's one or two or three or five more people you have to take into consideration every time you want to make a decision. For example, you want to go get some lunch or you want to visit a new city that you weren't planning on visiting before the trip, but you know somebody you met invited you to this party on this fucking island, you know, and you want to go, but your girlfriend doesn't want to go or your 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 best friend doesn't want to go or whatever. The the rest of the group prefers not to go or the rest of the group didn't get invited, right? Then it's like shit, well, you know. Then it becomes a a question of priorities and understanding. Right? Because if before the trip you and your friends make this understanding like Look, we're going to travel together, but everyone does their own thing. You know, we just stay in touch. We stay in contact. But if you want to go to this party on the island for two days, good luck, my friend. You know, send me a message when you get there. Let me know you're safe. Let me know you're alive. And then send me a message when you're coming back. That's cool. That's cool. That's like the ideal type of trip with more than one person. You know, everybody, we're going together and we're coming back together. But when we're there... Feel free to do your own thing, man. But it's more complicated, like when you're when you're traveling with your girlfriend or your boyfriend or something like that. Because then they expect, you know, like you, you travel to a foreign country with your girlfriend. Your girlfriend's expecting you t- to spend the trip with her. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, are you going to the club? Really? Or you thought you were going to the club? Right? You're not going anywhere. You know what I'm saying? And if you go, you're going with her. 
And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. And it's vice versa. Like, if you're going with your boyfriend, you kind of expect him. Uh, or how can I say? He expects you, I should say. He expects you, you know, to spend time with him most of the time. Right? Like I said, it's all about understanding. But I just, I don't know, maybe I'm just a negative person. But I'm always thinking about, like, the worst case scenario. You know, where could this end up? Like, if I if I take my girlfriend what what's the worst that could happen you know what i'm saying and she gonna be all in my ear talking about why are you going here why are you going there i don't want to do that no let's do this instead it's like fuck that man fuck that you know what i'm saying i just value my freedom too much and i'm not saying that I'm, i don't want to spend time with my girl or i won't spend time with my girl but damn you know if i want to go do something i'm gonna do it you know what i'm saying like if I want to go do something, I'm not. I'm not gonna ask your permission. I'm not gonna coordinate with you. I just want. I just want to go do it. And if you don't want to go, that's cool. But I'm. I'm going. You know. I don't know. Maybe that's the. Some people might say that's like the immaturity in me because you gotta make sacrifices for your relationship, right? But I say. Fuck that. So it's something to consider. Are you gonna travel with other people? And if you are, you know. You need to have a good understanding of what you guys expect on this trip. Are we going to do everything together? Are we always going to be together? Can everybody do their own thing? You know, stuff like that. You know, if you're traveling with your girlfriend or your boyfriend, are they the jealous type? You know, are they always going to be worried about you like fucking some foreigner every time you leave the apartment? You know, it's like, man, you ah, ah, get away from me, you know? And if you're traveling alone, I think for me, it's just better. That's my personality type. I prefer independence. I don't like having to coordinate with other people. I just want to, if I want to do it, I go do it. I don't want to explain anything to anyone. I don't want to ask permission. I don't want to wait for anybody. I don't want anybody to wait for me, you know? So I just prefer it that way. The same reason I like living alone, because it's just like you. You You just do you. You do you. You know what I'm saying? And there's nothing better than that, I think. So that's why I prefer to travel alone because there's you have plenty of days like that. When you're on the road, you know, you get invited to this place or, you know, you you learn about that place or this thing that you can do and you just want to go do it. So you do it, right? There's nothing holding you back. But at the same time, you know, depending on your personality type, how comfortable you are with putting yourself out there and making friends and stuff like that. It can be more difficult when you travel alone because, you know, when you're in a foreign country and you're alone, you're like alone, 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 alone. When you're in your home country, most people have family members, at least, you know, or some friends or at least you feel you're in a familiar place. You know, the streets, you know, what I'm saying, you know, your house and stuff like that but when you're in a foreign place and you're alone you're you're fucking alone you know what i'm saying so you got to think about that too how do you deal with loneliness how do you deal with negative emotions because sometimes maybe you'll feel homesick you know you're traveling for 2 months 3 months in a foreign country and you miss your house you miss your family you miss your dog you miss your girlfriend or whatever how are you going to deal with that you know, are you afraid of being alone? You know, it's something you need to consider when traveling by yourself, because it definitely happens. You feel homesick, you feel lonely, or you feel bored, or you feel just, you know, all of these things, things that we consider to be negative. You're going to feel that if you're traveling for enough time. It's natural. And when you're alone, you know, you have to rely on yourself. That's the other side of independence is even in the bad times, you got to rely on yourself, consult yourself, you know. So I think it's it's worth it to take some time and consider that if you're planning a trip alone or with other people, you know. All right. So now I spent way longer than I planned to talk. No, I spent way longer than I planned talking about those subjects. But now. We're going to get into the actual details, real trip planning info, all 
All right. So some things that you should probably must consider are things like plane tickets. Obviously, unless you're going to drive there or walk there or take a boat there, then you need to buy a plane ticket. Right. And um, here, I mean, this this section of the podcast, I'm really just giving out like resources and maybe information or ideas that you hadn't considered before. So if you want to buy plane tickets, I have two resources that I always use and that I recommend for finding the best flights or the ble- the best prices for your plane tickets and stuff like that. Um, you can use Google Flights, Google Flights, like Google.com, but you type in Google Flights in the search engine and it will it will appear, it will pop up. Or you can go to flights.google.com and it'll take you to the same place, okay? And literally, all you do on this website is search for flights. Um, I think you can also book hotels, but uh, in a minute, we'll talk about hotels. The other website you can use to find um, decent flight prices is Skyscanner, S-K-Y-S-C-A-N-N-E-R, skyscanner.com. And it's very similar to Google Flights. I mean, the only thing you do is reserve um, or buy plane tickets, hotels, and rental cars. But it's famous, obviously, for um, finding good plane ticket prices, you know? Um, Hotels, accommodation, lodging, as we say. This is also, besides plane tickets, this is probably the most expensive thing you need to pay for when planning a trip abroad you know is the hotel some people depending on your age i don't know how old you are maybe you're 18 maybe you're 85 or somewhere in between depending on your age and your personal preferences some people prefer to stay in traditional hotels the problem is you have to pay the price for a traditional hotel you know and it's almost never cheap so if you want to go that route if you want to do that then obviously more power to you I can't recommend any particular site for finding great hotel prices because I don't stay in hotels unless I absolutely have to, you know, but maybe hotels.com or and actually it may be different for every country. So I can only recommend if you plan to visit the United States, like hotels.com, Skyscanner, Google Flights, you can also find hotel options on those websites. But again, it's not my first option. I don't like hotels, you know. So what are some alternatives? Um, Airbnb. Now, most people around the world, most travelers know about Airbnb, but just in case you don't, it's A-I-R-B-N-B. Airbnb, okay, dot com. And this is basically, it works the same as a hotel, except most of the time you're staying in someone's house. Okay, you can rent an entire apartment, totally furnished it's got furniture tv wi-fi everything you need inside the apartment or you can just rent like a private room in uh, somebody's apartment or somebody's house or you can rent a shared room which means you stay in the room with someone else and obviously the price changes depending on which option you prefer but it's a great alternative in a foreign country because you you stay in a place that feels familiar at least it's a house at least it's an apartment, you know, it's got a fridge, a stove if you want to cook, you know, it's got a couch and a bed, most likely a TV and internet and stuff like that. So it just feels more familiar. It feels more welcoming, you know what I'm saying? And normally you get more amenities or you get more features than you get at a hotel, you know? So I highly recommend checking out Airbnb because like I said, you can rent the entire apartment if you don't want to stay with another person you can rent the entire apartment and still probably pay less than you pay for a traditional hotel you know maybe you don't have room service or maybe you don't have somebody to come and put those little chocolates on your bed but who gives a fuck right i mean who cares so it's a great and much cheaper alternative airbnb.com another alternative is hostels okay hostels are very similar to hotels Except normally it's communal living, which means you stay communal is similar to the word community, right? Which means most of the time you're going to stay in a room with four 
to 16 other people on a bunch of bunk beds okay and bunk beds are those kind of beds where they 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 stack on top of each other so one bed is really two one person sleeps on the bottom one person sleeps on top all right and maybe they'll have like four to ten different bunk beds in one room and everybody gets one bed and obviously you pay a much cheaper price to stay in this place um but the benefit, I guess you could say, is the cheaper price. And also you meet people from all over the world because hostels are for travelers. You know, sometimes they don't even let people from the local city stay at a hostel. It's literally only for people from other places, you know. So I've stayed at um, a few hostels in the United States. I've never stayed in one abroad but it was great because I met people from England. I met people from other states in my country. I mean, just all over the world. And it's a great way to make friends because if you're traveling, you want to meet interesting people. You want to meet people from all over the world or even the locals. So going to a hostel can be a good way to get started. Everyone's there for the same reason. Most people have more or less the same mindset when it comes to traveling and making friends. So it can be great. Lots of hostels have different events like parties or city tours and stuff like that. Um, so it's cool, man. It's ba- a lot of times it's like a big house that's turned into something like a hotel, you know. And a lot of times you can also get private rooms at a hostel. You just have to pay more, obviously. But it's another option. Now the last option, actually the second to last, it's not the last. Another great option depending on the situation, can be something called couch surfing. And I think I've talked about that on the podcast before. And couch surfing is basically, it's like Airbnb. You're staying in someone's house, except you're doing it for free. You don't pay them any money. You don't exchange anything except experiences, okay? Now, a lot of people are kind of afraid of this option because you're staying in some stranger's house for free, And there's really no guarantee that they're not a psychopath that's going to, you know, harvest your organs and sell them on the black market. That's the number one objection that I hear from most people when I tell them about couch surfing, you know. But man, I mean, it's it's like Facebook for travelers. It's like a traveler's network. That's literally what it is. So you can go on there and search, let's say, Sao Paulo, Brazil, and find thousands of people that are willing to let you sleep on their couch or let you sleep in their extra bedroom or even on the floor if that's all they have. But they're willing to let you stay at their house for free. For two nights, five nights, two weeks, it just depends on the person, you know, and you make a profile so you can see if you and this person have similar interests, if you're interested in being their friend. You can see reviews that they've gotten from other people that have stayed at their house to see if they're a good host, to see if they're a cool person. You know what I'm saying? So there's no, you know, there's no real security in terms of safety. You know what I'm saying? But you can at least have an idea of who you're staying with. And it's free, man. It's free. And you make friends. Like I said, having a tour guide is one of the most vital or useful things that you can have in a foreign place. So if you're staying with this person, they know the city, theoretically. You know, they can tell you where to go, where not to go, what to do and not to do. Everything I talked about before. And it's free. You know, just travelers helping other travelers, man. So if you want to travel and you don't have a lot of money, I think it's a, an excellent resource, man. An excellent resource. Obviously, you find assholes on every platform. You find fucking weirdos on every platform in every city and every country. But I've had some great experiences. Um, I'm flying to Miami before I fly to brazil because my flight leaves from miami and i found a guy on couch surfing so i'm gonna stay in miami for two days for free you know and make a friend at the same time that can tell me about the city like that's amazing i don't know about you i think that's amazing you know what i'm saying so i highly recommend couch surfing c-o-u-c-h like couch and surfing like surfing on the waves s-u-r-f-i-n-g all one word couchsurfing.com okay how are we doing on time 52 fucking minutes all right um i'm gonna go quickly through the rest of this because we don't have much time one other thing i wanted to mention uh is brazilian motels like i don't know if they have this in other countries but i found out that in brazil 
they have something called motels. And we have motels here in the United States, but it's something it's something similar, but it's it wasn't made for the same purpose that you have motels in Brazil. Like motels in Brazil are made specifically for people that want to like get away and have sex. Like you pay by the hour. You don't pay per night. I mean, you can, but normally people pay by the hour. You know, so if you want to get away for three hours with your girlfriend or your boyfriend or whatever and go have sex, you can go to a motel and do that. That's really their only purpose. And I think it's a cultural reason. I was thinking about this. The reason it's not very popular for us here in the U.S. is because we don't really need it the same way. But in Brazil, it's really common for adults, 25, 28, 29 years old, to still live with their parents. You know, so obviously if you got a girlfriend, you're not going to bring her to your parents' house and have sex with your parents at the house, right? I mean, most people wouldn't. Most people. So, a lot of Brazilians go to motels. I just thought that was interesting. But, like I said, we're running out of time, so let's keep, let's continue. Transportation. What kind of forms of transportation do they have in this foreign place? Do they have a metro? Do they have a bus? Can you use Uber? What's the taxi situation? You know what I'm saying? These are things you need to consider and things that your local tour guide or the internet can tell you. But you need to consider that. How are you going to travel around the city once you get there? And how much money is that going to cost you for the duration of your trip? You need to consider that. Because if you can't get from point A to point B, you're not traveling, right? So insurance is another thing that you might want to consider. Some people think you don't really need travel insurance, but other people who are a little more paranoid or a little bit smarter buy travel insurance, you know, because shit happens, man. Like maybe you get injured. Maybe you break your, your favorite camera or maybe you get sick or something like that. So if you have travel insurance that will cover those things, I think it's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it, you know? So, um, consider doing some research about travel insurance vaccinations this can be another thing depending on which country you're going to maybe there's a disease outbreak damn a disease outbreak in the country you're going to go to right like for brazil it's recommended that i get a yellow fever vaccination especially um in the interior of brazil but now they recommend along the coast of Brazil. If you're going to visit these countries, they recommend getting a vaccination because there was a yellow fever outbreak in 2017, right? So it's just something to consider. Maybe you don't need to, but I would highly recommend you do some research about vaccinations necessary for whatever country. All right. Toiletries. Toiletries are um, the things that you need, like toothbrushes and toothpaste, deodorant. Please take deodorant to your foreign country. Nobody likes somebody that smells like a fucking CrossFit gym when they go in to hug you. You know what I'm saying? Like, just take some deodorant, all right? You're going to sweat. It's probably hot wherever you're going. And even if it's not, take some fucking deodorant, all right? Lotion, razors, um, sunscreen. These are like toiletries, things that you do, things that you need for personal hygiene to keep yourself clean, smelling good, fresh. These are toiletries, all right? Clothes. What kind of weather do you expect to find in these foreign places? Is it a place with hot weather? If it is, then you probably don't need your fur coat, you know, or your beanie or your winter boots or anything like that. And if you're going to a cold place, especially if you're from a country where it's always hot, then you should prepare accordingly because fuck, man, being cold with summer clothes is not fun. It's not fun, right? Money. Money is another thing that you need to consider because um, conversion rates change all the time. Conversion rates change depending on which country you're going to. And you need to have a very, very, very good idea of how much one of your dollars is worth in a foreign country. For example, one U.S. American dollar is worth 3.8 Brazilian reais in this moment, right? It's important to know that. And also, you need to know is it going to cost you money to get money in the foreign country? You know what I'm saying? Like if I go to the ATM or the bank in a foreign country, is my local bank going to charge me a fee 
for taking out money in a foreign country, you know? Like, for example, my bank is going to charge me, I think, 3% of the amount of money I take out of the bank or something like that. I just know there's a fee. I don't remember the exact amount, but they charge me a fee every time I use the ATM or every time I take money out from the bank. And it's very important to know that because your money can start to disappear little by little and you have no idea why, right? Or maybe there's some huge fee that you don't know about, or maybe you need a special credit card to use in foreign countries, but you need to know these things, all right? So just call your local bank, ask your local bank, let them know, hey, I'm going to a foreign country, you know, is there anything special I should know in regards to my money, right? Um, and lastly, going back to what I was talking about before, socializing, fun and emotions, you know, how do you do in social situations? Are you the kind of person that's extroverted? You make friends easily. You know, you don't mind putting yourself outside your comfort zone. You know, you don't mind looking stupid because you don't speak the language perfectly. These kinds of things are important to know. Right. Because they influence the kind of places that you choose to go. Or are you more introverted? You know, you prefer to meet one person at a time. You prefer to you know, spend time by yourself or whatever it is. I think it's important to know how do you perform in social situations and what can you expect in a typical social situation in this foreign country, which is why it's so important to make friends in these countries before you get there because they can explain to you how things work. If you can, it's it's important to do that, all right? Fun. What are you going to do for fun? Do you plan on having fun? I mean, most of us, when we travel to a foreign country, it's for fun, right? If it's not for business, it's for pleasure. So what do you plan to do to have a good time, you know? Um, it's I think it's important to have a good idea of what you want to do to have a good time before you get to the country. At least an idea, right? And like I said, emotions. How do you deal with positive and negative emotions when you're at home, right? Just in your everyday life. And then imagine that in a foreign country where you don't know anybody, you don't speak the local language that well, you don't know where you are, you know what I'm saying? Do you have what it takes to take care of yourself in a situation like that? I think it's something you need to consider, you know? And above all, man, just have a good time. Just fucking enjoy it, man. Like, it's it's not, a, I don't want to say it's a privilege, but it's just a, because it's not. It's, it's a great opportunity. It's an extremely great opportunity that not everyone has. And maybe some people call that a privilege. I'm really not sure about my thoughts on that. I don't like that word, privilege. But it's a great opportunity that not everyone has. You know, if you can travel to a foreign place, even just another state in your country or another city you've never been to, just traveling, period, is a great opportunity to explore a part of the world that you're not familiar with. Open up yourself to new experiences and new people and new languages, new ways of thinking, you know. I learned more in six weeks in Mexico than I learned in six years in high school, or I should say four years in high school and two years in college. You know what I'm saying? Like you learn so much when you travel just because the world is your classroom. You know what I'm saying? So if you really get the chance to travel somewhere, man, Make the most of it. Enjoy it. Have a good time. Don't sit in the fucking house all day watching TV. Don't sit in the hotel. Don't stay to yourself. Like, dude, push the boundaries. Get out of your comfort zone, man. You only get this chance once in your lifetime. Once in your lifetime, man. So make the most of it, you know? Why not? Why not? Like, what's the alternative? Spend all this money, all this time, all this preparation, and then you go and do nothing, you know? Or you go just to take a picture next to the fucking Eiffel Tower or some stupid shit like that. I mean, I'm not trying to disrespect anybody that likes that kind of stuff. That's not my intention. I'm just saying, like, do everything you can while you can, you know, while you have the opportunity, bro. Make the most of it. All right? But that's it for now, man. We're here. We're at an hour and three minutes. I think that's enough you know, that's basically all I had in my notes. That's all I wanted to share with you. Um, I'm sure I'll be doing more podcasts before my trip. I got two weeks still. So I'll be talking to you again soon. All right. 
But this has been yet another episode of Life in English. I'm your host, Tony Kazan, and I'll talk to you later. Peace! Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.